19, verse 1, say amen when you're there. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about being in church on Wednesday night. I was stirred up. I was just chomping at the bits to be in service tonight. I don't know, maybe you weren't, but I was. I'm going to preach myself silly tonight. Maybe you guys may not like my sermon. It's okay, I like it. So one of the things I want to minister is that God begin to really deal with my heart. And one of the things I want to begin to think about, do you realize that we have more disorders now in the United States than we've ever had in the world? As a matter of fact, we have more disorders worldwide. There's more cases of ADHD or ADD. Absent dad syndrome is what I like to call it. But we have uh, this idea that there's so many mental disorders. There, listen, one of the things I begin to see is all the psychiatrists today, no offense Gabby, but the reality that we have more people that have more, have more issues mentally, physically, more than ever in 2017. Now, my problem is not that we have mental disorders, that some of you, we have clinical depression. We have everything you can think of. We have prescription marijuana. Maybe some of you here smoke weed still. I'm going to help you out after this. Hopefully you get set free when we're done. We have more crime than we have ever had before. We have more disorder, more disrespect against policemen and any type of authority figure. So, I want to preach something God began to put upon my heart because I begin to look at the people of God. And I said, it's not that it's only going out into the world, it's coming into the church. And what I mean by that, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think about this. You know what thing I, I begin to see what really begin to bother me about Christians today? I'm just going to let this resonate. There's such a lack of passion for the things of God. We have more Christians are so weary, tired, broke, sick, you name it. They have the same, that marriages are like no different from church. And when you go out there, it used to be when you came to church, it was a place of refuge. That life had been transformed by the power of God. But when you come to church now, what I'm seeing, you have Christians that are so passive. Listen, Christianity is not a pacifist religion. You know what that means? It's not like people always told me, remember one guy I was street preaching, he came up to me and I got, because he got in my face and I got right back in his face. And he says, Jesus was a pacifist. Oh, you're saying Jesus was a, he didn't believe in war. That's not true. Because you read your Bible, the Bible says many times he believed in war. He says, I did not come to bring what? I came to bring a sword to separate. I'm going to say something. I'm going to preach a sermon that God really began to put upon my heart because I've been seeing a lot of Christians. You're always weary. Right after the revival, it was powerful. And you, some of you already lost the victory. You come to church on Wednesday, you got the victory, you get out that door, you really lost the victory. And I thought, you know, there's something spiritual happening in people's lives. And so I want to preach on a spirit that I believe that it's affecting Christians today. And I've named this sermon, 
confronting the Jezebel spirit. And I want to read out 1 Kings. And ladies, don't, don't, don't worry. 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel and all that Elijah had done and also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow and about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and he went to Beersheba, which he belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and sat under a broom tree, and he said, Is it not enough? Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Verse 5. Then as he lay and slept. Let's pray. Father God, I pray, Lord God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Father God. Equip me, Lord God. Rebuke every spirit that's in this place, Lord God, that do not want to hear your message. I pray that you touch every man and woman. Open up minds that are closed. Open people that are bound up. They're messed up in sin. Set them free, Lord God. Pull down every stronghold and minister a word due in season. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about the Jezebel spirit. Because I believe that you and I need to understand what this is. Who was Jezebel? I'll tell you who Jezebel was. Jezebel was a woman many thousands of years ago who was the wife of King Ahab. And if you know anything about Jezebel, she got her husband, influenced him to worship idols. Here is Ahab, who is supposed to be a Jew, who is supposed to be worshiping the one God of Israel, and now you see Ahab is a pagan worshiper. And I begin to think, you look at this woman, and this, this is happening in this text right now. Here is Elijah. He is called fire down from heaven. He has killed 450 prophets of Baal, pagan worshipers, and he did it by this one man against 450 men. Fire came down heaven, burned up the altar, and now you have this story right here, and the Bible says that her husband, King Ahab, tells Jezebel what Elijah had done, and the Bible says that Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, if I do not die, Elijah will be a dead man. In other words, he had threatened her. He began to say things to this woman and began to just say, you know what, you're going to be dead. And at this point, the Bible says that Elijah runs away, runs away almost 600 miles, if you do the math. And you find him here sleeping under a tree. And I begin to think, here's this great man of God who had power, dominion, anointing, authority, and by the end of the story, uh, he has lost it by one word of a woman. She has totally taken everything out of this man. He is depressed. He wants to commit suicide. The Bible says, Lord, take my life now. He is depressed. He is sleepy. He is weary. He is drained. And you can read about this woman that has the ability to suck the life out of this man. I begin to think about this whole text and I begin to think about the Christians in this world today and I begin to see Christians in my own church. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have the victory? If you don't have the victory, if you're not excited about God, why? How is it that you can come to church 
Worship God, but by the end of it, you have lost the victory. You know, I begin to think there's a spirit here. You know who she is? She, you know, Jezebel died. I'm going to tell you more about Sunday night. She dies by a man named Jehu. Actually, it wasn't Jehu. Uh, it was a bunch of castrated men that pushed her off the, the, the balcony that killed her. If you don't know what that means, ask your parents. Amen. But she, what happened in this whole story, that she dies, but she's not dead. Did you realize you can still read about her in the book, in the New Testament, there with John the Baptist? She is the same spirit, rest, and queen, or not queen, Herodias. This is King Herod's girlfriend or wife. And the Bible says that John the Baptist preaches. It says, listen, the, man, the woman that you sleep with is not your wife. It's your brother's wife. And the Bible says Herodias is so ticked off with him that he has his daughter do a pole dance for a King Herod. And as he sees his pole dance, he says, whoa, anything you want, you can have. And the Bible says, I want, because she asked her mother, mother, what do you want? I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And the reason why John the Baptist was killed is because a man that preached the gospel began to share the truth. And I'm going to say something. Right after that, he's put his head on upon a platter. You actually read about her in the book of Revelation. Look at the Bible says, Revelation 2.20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality, to eat things sacrificed to idols. See, here's Jesus dealing with the spirit of Jezebel in the church of Tyra. And this is a picture, and many commentaries believe that this woman was the pastor's wife, where she was leading uh, disciples in the church to immorality or idolatry. And I begin to think, here's this spirit that Jesus is dealing with, and he says, look, you tolerate this woman to teach. I gave her time to repent, but don't worry, I killed her children, I cast her upon a sickbed. That's what the Bible says. And Jesus says, because you do not deal with the spirit that's in your church. I begin to think there's more to this. You know, this spirit's at work today. You know what the spirit really wants to do? It's a spirit of witchcraft. It wants control. It hates authority. It has anything that has to do with God. It wants to pull God off of his throne. And I begin to think that this is being played out today. Did you realize that the spirit of Jezebel that we have today is in abortion? Did you know that? You know what they used to do back then? They had a thing called the God of Molech. And what they would do is pass the babies through the fire, as the Bible says. And the God of Molech, one of the things they had, they had temple prostitutes. Now, the priestess, their idea of getting them close to God, hello. And what would happen is these women would end up pregnant. And so instead of, uh, they didn't want these babies because that's what their job was. They were temple prostitutes. They would have these babies. And afterwards, what they would do is they would sacrifice them to the God of Molech. And God was not standing that. He says, I'm not going to stand this. I don't want this. I don't want this to happen. Listen, what do you think God's going to do to America? We have many people that are still offering their babies up to the God of Molech. Abortion is more rampant than I've ever seen now than ever. And I'll tell you, there's a strategy in all that. Think about this. Go to the New Testament. Go all the way to the Old Testament. When, what happened when there in Pharaoh and the Egyptians and the Israelites were become to be bigger? What did they do? They went and attacked all the firstborn, not just women. They only attacked the young boys. 
They begin. Moses, remember, his mother put Moses into the Nile. She let her go down. Why? It's attack on authority. It's attack on malehood. Listen today. I just read an article from Hillary Clinton. It says women are the future. Listen, I have nothing wrong with women. I have no problem with women, you know. I'm married to a woman. Hallelujah. I have a daughter. But the problem I have is where America is taking men and they're saying, you know what, we don't want you as authority figure. Now you have big mama. You don't have the father figure anymore. The only father you have is Al Bundy. This guy sticks his hand in his pants, you know, like this, and makes a rude remarks about his wife. And that's the idea of father of 2017. And now some of you, I begin to think there's a spirit that's operating in the last days where you have many strong women. I told the, the Sunday school, did you realize that there's more girls going to college than boys? Isn't that weird? Doesn't that bother you? Unless you're a man hater, I guess it wouldn't bother you. But to me, it does bother me. It bothers me because God set the whole foundation. He says, I put man in the leadership. And so you see this working and working itself through the church. Where you can go to church, you will see more women in the church than you see men. You'll see more women and children. I begin to think this spirit is working itself out in the world today where there's no sanctity of life, there's no authority. They, you know, it's kind of this idea, this spirit wants to usurp the authority that God gives men and women in the church. Let me say something here. Do you realize that you have an authority when you're saved? If you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, you have no authority. If you're saved and you accepted Jesus Christ and you believe you have a dominion, you have an authority, listen, beloved, with those things you can cast out, you can come against spirits, but when you're not saved, you don't have that authority. But listen, I begin to see this spirit absurd, begin to suppress and oppress. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a spirit of oppression upon you? Do you have times that you get depressed all of a sudden, out of the blue? This heaviness comes upon you. This weightiness comes upon you. I've seen Christians get more depressed now than I've ever seen. Where is this coming from? Why is this happening? The truth is, the reason why this spirit has such prominence is very simple, beloved. Men that will not rise up and take authority. You know why women, women have to take authority now today? There's more single mothers than I've ever seen before in my life. Why? Because of absentee fathers. And it's created a damage to the whole society of United, around the world. You go to Belize, it's the same issue. Tons of, uh, of families with this mama bear and has no father there. And I begin to think, why is this happening? It's because of this spirit that's operating throughout the church. It's operating throughout the world. I want you to think about this because, listen, this spirit that has, has no power over your life. It does not have to rule you. I'm going to ask you a question. How does this spirit find itself into people's lives? Very simple. You know how this finds itself? Rejection. You know, I've seen groups of people rejected. Listen, when you have a spirit of rejection on you, you're open to the supernatural. Do you know that? I know all races of people that have a spirit of rejection on them. Let me give an example. 
the black race, has a spirit of rejection on them. Why do they have a spirit of rejection on them? Because of slavery. They walk around. They have not all black folk, but I know that it begins to grip them. It's a spirit of rejection. I've seen Native Americans, the same issue. I have friends that are pastors in Native America where they have churches there in Chinle, or they have churches there. And one of the hardest things to get them is that a lot of these Native Americans, because of the oppression, because of the rejection, they come into church, they have issues. Listen, there's some of you that have been rejected. You have been rejected from your parents or maybe rejected from a father. And I begin to think that that's something that begins to play out. Every one of you have been rejected. If you've been living in the world long enough, you've been rejected at one time. That's why you have homosexual boys and lesbian women. You know why girls are lesbians? Because they've been hurt by a man. You know why guy, uh, men are homosexual boys? Because they're perverts. It's, just, it's been opened up. It's been rejected. More likely, it's been passed down from someone else. There's a battle. See, the church world saying, you know what? You don't talk about that kind of stuff because you know what? That's the way they were born. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not the way they were born. I'm saying this because I'm dealing with the spirit. Listen to me. You know how this thing operates? It operates through people. You ever seen a strong mother and a weak father? Why? Well, one thing is that the man usually gives over authority to the woman. That's why you shouldn't sleep around before you get married, especially to your, uh, one you're going to marry. Because what happens, you give over authority to that woman, and now she has to rule. This is very spiritual. This is a spiritual dynamic. I've seen it play out in life where a man wants to take the role, but mama bear won't let him. I see this play out a lot. Uh, and this kind of came in where we're living in a generation where you have this, the, the, it's not about dad anymore. It's not about father anymore. We don't have strong fathers anymore. But thank God in the church, we should have strong fathers. But what's coming down, we're having an age where people are letting this spirit creep into their lives. Some of you don't like what I'm saying right now. Some women here, they don't want to give up rain. They want to rule their house. They want to be the lead. But you're going to have to understand something. If you don't do that, your kids are going to be open and susceptible to so many different spirits. Now I want to look at this, what other medium, because did you realize this spirit has a channel? And I begin to think, why do Christians feel like they lose a victory so quick? You know why? I got a revelation. This right here. Say, what do you mean, Pastor? I got, a, I got a couple books. I got one that I recommend to everyone here to get for your children, for yourself. It's called Glow Kids. It's about now in 2017, we have more new, new mental disorders. All it is to me is just being demon-possessed. But new mental disorders from the phone. They had a kid on this book I'm reading right now. This kid came into this doctor's office who wrote the book she says that his eyes, or he said her, his eyes are twitching. He doesn't know where he's at. And he says, I don't know where I am. Am I in the game? And what it is, this guy likes to play Warcraft. He got so involved into it, it began to take over his mind. This is not even a Christian book, guys. 
And I begin to read another book, an old Christian book that talks about spiritual warfare. And they begin to talk about the same exact thing. Where you, you, some of you don't remember this, but back in the day, you used to call a thing called D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. And what you would do is you would pick up these little, uh, you know, all those little nerds would get those, uh, those papers and they would, I'm going to be a wizard, and you're going to be whatever you're going to be. And they would do this. But I remember back in the 80s where there was all these different open doors. We had to pray for people. I remember people that were involved in that were involved with the cult. And so they, they say, there's these magic games. They're saying spells. They don't even realize what they're saying. But they're opening themselves up to spiritual dimensions, opening themselves up to a spiritual manifestation so that a spirit overcomes them. And I begin to think about technology today. He says that most of these kids, the same effect that a child has on their phone is like a person who does cocaine. The same dopamine that releases in your brain is the same thing that happens when you look at a phone. And I begin to think, that's it. I bet you, some of you that lose the victory, this is what you do when you go home. You watch Netflix on your phone. You're watching whatever you watch on your phone these days. You're bound up in uh, video games. You probably, or you sit at your TV for four or five hours and you wonder why you lost the victory by the next day. I begin to think that's the problem. That we have more people that are bound up in their phone. Some of you can't stop texting. It's an addiction. You can't even stop looking at your phone. You got to hold on to it. It's attached to you. It's become a part of you. Say, Pastor, are you saying phones are evil? No, I'm not saying phones are evil. What I'm saying, though, that, that these things open up doors. You have to be careful. I begin to think about, think about this. Who plays video games these days? Young men, not anymore. Older men, too. And all it's doing is taking men for three or four hours where they should be. You think they used to be go out and find a job and work and try to make money and spend time with their children. But you have men, grown men, playing four or five hours of video games. It's like, dude, grow up already. You're not a child no more. Now you have people play video games on their iPads. I don't even know what the games you guys play these days. And they're playing, and they'll play for three or four hours. Listen, there's nothing wrong with playing a video game. But when it gets, becomes addicting and it overcomes you. See, you, you do understand these are open doors. I believe there's people here, you watch marathons of movies. And you think that those things are being pumped into you. The words, their verbiage. Their ideals and the way they think. No wonder some of you have changed the way you think about things. Never mind, it's not biblical, it's not in the Word of God, but now you're starting to think a certain way. I bet you, if you really look down deep in your life, there's some of you here, your life is filled just with media. And what I mean by that is that you watch a lot of whatever it is, and it's doing something to you. It's taking something from you. Think about this for a moment. My, my wife the other day was reading some news to me, and she was like, man, it sounds like we're, it, she's, I'm kind of afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? Well, look what it sounds like. Yeah, if you read the news, all, and I read the news all the time, but I don't believe whatever I read on the news all the time. If you read the news, you think that everybody is against Donald Trump. You think that everybody is protesting. And you go out there, there's about 20 people there. You think I don't know that? I've been to South Africa when they have protests. I remember being at a protest and they had the movie cameras. And guess how many people were there? Less than many people in this room. And there, as soon as the camera came on, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And the camera came off. They're like, hey, how you doing? Smoking a cigarette. Like nothing. And what happens, the media and the propaganda has, look, they have an agenda. 
And why am I saying this? You know what witchcraft is? Control. One wanting control over another. That's it. See, if the spirit realm wants control over you, it wants control of your mind. That's why the Bible says, look what the Bible says. Hosea 4, 6, for my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for they walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty of God for pulling down strongholds. For casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought in captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, beloved. Some of you here think some crazy dog. You're almost, you're, you're schizophrenic. One day you're like, whoa, let's go do it. And one day you're, it's like you have split personality. You ever think about that? You ever think, man, am I crazy? You ever thought that way? No, you're not crazy. Some of you are not. But you are bound. See, the problem is that, you know, someone who's bound by a spirit don't know it. Some of you may be bound by a religious demon. There's religious demons, you know that? Religious demons. No, when I say hallelujah, praise the Lord, but that doesn't mean they're going to make heaven their home. They know all the right religious lingo. They grew up in church. Don't mean you're saved. That's because you grew up in church. Don't mean you're saved. See, knowledge is power, beloved. Once you realize there's an issue, you can deal with the issue. The reason I'm doing this sermon is because I'm exposing issues in people's lives. There's some of you are depressed. You're not supposed to be depressed. Christians should not be depressed. Here is Elijah, powerful man of God, and he's weary all of a sudden. He had power. Now he just wants to call it quits. Listen, if you want to call it quits all the time, there's something wrong. If you want to backslide, all of a sudden there's something wrong. You're supposed to be living in dominion and authority, power. But we're not. We're not. We're, on the, we're not aggressive. We can't listen to a sermon. We fall asleep. We're too distracted. Why? That's why that sermon, the, the, sermon the, the parable that Jesus uses is like the seed that fell upon the wayside and the birds of the air came and plucked out that word. Did you realize every sermon is a transformation sermon that can change your life? If you accept it. But there's some of you, you, you don't accept it. You reject it. You think you're fine just the way you are. If you think that way, you will stay that way. I know Christians that have been in plateau mode for the last 50 years. I'm over-exaggerating on the 50 part. But I'm saying they've been like that for a long period of time. They have not broken through. They can't, when they go to prayer, they get distracted. They can't break in. They can't get up in the morning. Let me ask you a question. Can you get up in the morning and pray? Why? You ever wonder why? Why is it a struggle to come to church on Sunday morning? But some of you will get up to go to a garage sale. No problem. You get tacos up in the morning. You give me the tacos and get there. And you're excited. Woo, let's go. Let's go garage sale. And you come to church. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so... That's a problem. That's a spirit. Do you realize you've got a spirit on you? Elijah had got a spirit on him. He's tired. He's weary. He has no victory. He has a spirit on him. Some of you got a spirit on you. Listen, you can't 
dabble in the occult. You know what the occult is? Oh, Pastor, I don't play with Ouija boards. No, the occult today is marijuana. That's weed. You know, all drugs do is open you up to the spiritual realm. All uh, alcohol does is open you up to the spiritual realm. That's why we don't drink. That's why Christians shouldn't be doing prescription drugs. See, I'm saying something here. I'm dealing with the spirit. And I know that some of you are like, oh, pastor. You're, you're. No, listen, I'm exposing. I'm pulling the sheets off the devil and showing them that there's things in your life that have to change. Listen, we're not called to be passive in our Christianity. We're not called just to sit there. We're called to deal with things in our lives. Why is pornography? You know what pornography does? Say, Pastor, why do you bring up pornography every service? Why do you bring up sexual immorality every service? Because people commit sexual immorality and people look at pornography. And people are bound up in it. And it's not just men anymore. It's women. It's young kids that watch porn on their phone. Don't give your kid a phone. I bet there's a kid here. You, you're bound up by this. It's a spirit. You can't quit it. You want to quit it, but you can't. Why? There's a bondage on you. So you've opened yourself up to things. And you think you can quit? Listen, I believe there are spirits that we open ourselves up to just like this spirit of Jezebel that's able to do it. Listen, it matters what type of music you listen to. Did you hear about Kanye West? I know some of you were listening before you even got here. Kanye West said that he had something on him, some darkness that fell upon him. They all put it on the news that he had a darkness. He was grieving. No, he's, he's a backslider. who is he, He's fighting the will of God. I begin to think there's a supernatural draining to people and Christians today where they're hiding and they're not fighting anymore. You know what he has? He's in a cave, and the Bible says, the Lord says to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you 600, 600 miles away from the will of God? Because that's what happens. Some of you are out of the will of God. You're out of the will of God. You're not in his will. You're out of his will. You're fighting it. And he finds himself in a cave and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know what Elijah tells him? Porasito, I know you're feeling sorry for yourself. I know you're feeling sorry for yourself. I know you are. Porasito. You know, God doesn't say that. God didn't say, I feel sorry because you're depressed. He doesn't even mention his depression. See, that's, you know, he doesn't even do that. He doesn't even deal with it. He, you know what he tells him? Look what the Bible says. 1 Kings 19.4. I'm sorry. Look what the Bible says. 1 Kings 19.15. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Now don't read the rest because that's another sermon I'm preaching on later. But what he is saying there, because he, he says, go anoint a prophet, go anoint a king. Okay, that's great, but that's not, that's another sermon, okay? You know what he's telling him to do? Go back and get back in my will and stop feeling sorry for yourself and get out of this cave. And I begin to think, there's some of you, you're feeling sorry for yourself. That's what depressed means. You're depressed, you get depressed, you're just feeling sorry for yourself. Okay, stop feeling sorry for yourself. 
There's no, if you're a Christian, there's no reason why you should feel sorry for yourself. Right? No such thing as a self-pity. They should not be. You should be saying, you know what? I don't, there's no reason why I should feel sorry for myself. He says, get out of that cave, Elijah. Go and go. So how do we deal with this spirit, beloved? How do you and I confront this spirit? Real simple, beloved. We need to stop tolerating. Look what the Bible says. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. I want to say something here. The only way you can deal with this spirit is you have to confront it head on. Listen, do you have a, do you deal with this? Or am I the only one that sometimes I feel like there's a spirit trying to come upon me when I can't get up in the morning? Not just, not just you being tired. Sometimes it's just you being tired. That's why you should go to bed at a decent time, right? Some of you stay up to one or two o'clock on your phone, your tablet, or your TV. Put it down so you can get up in the morning. Jesus said we're meant to do what? Sleep during the night and awake during the day. That's, that's the Bible. It's real simple. It's practical. Put away your phone. Listen, you know what good thing they said? That so most kids today, they say put away your phone an hour before you go to bed. Because your mind is going continually. See, some of you guys fall asleep with your phone. There's one story of this one woman. I'm going to give you some more stories later on. This one woman says she came to her room and find her seven-year-old boy in a trance, sleep on his bed with his tablet right next to him, and she was freaking out that he was in this trance. She had to jolt him, and he finally wakes up, but he had become in some type of coma. This is a secular book. This is not even a Christian book. And they're saying that there's an epidemic with kids and their tablets and their phones. Listen, it's not just with kids, it's with grown adults. But see, this has been an issue for many years. I'm going to say something. Put it away. Put it away. I know you like to watch all the things on the YouTube and all that, but listen, there's only so much you can watch. So I want to say something. We're going to have to confront this spirit. We're going to confront this spirit tonight. We're going to fight this spirit, amen? How we confront it is through spiritual warfare. The Bible says, listen, Luke 4, 18, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Listen, beloved, I believe there's people here, you're oppressed this evening. You have a spirit on you. Real simple. I'm going to pray. God's going to set you free. You get depressed. You go to periods of depression. God's going to set you free tonight. Do you have that spirit? Do you have something? Do some of you go to these little, these little moods where you feel sorry for yourself? And it, listen, that's not normal. You're not meant to be that way. God didn't make you to feel sorry for yourself. Listen, if you're going through those type of things, there's something spiritual happening to you. You need to break it out. And the only way you break it out is through prayer. I'm going to ask you, how much do you sleep? If you're like me, I sleep a good five or six hours if I'm lucky. Amen. It's because I'm a busy man. I get up early and I go. I have to do things. But I look at some people that they sleep for 10 to 12 hours and they still don't get enough sleep. Why? It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Some of you have a spirit. Maybe you opened that door with pornography. You need to close that door. Maybe you've opened that door, whatever it is. Maybe it's been a spirit of rejection. You've opened that self up. Maybe your father wasn't home. You didn't know how it was to be a dad. Help you out, man of God. Listen to me, man of God. Get up and pray for your family. 
get up on, and get on your knees and lay hold of God. Listen, it's nothing worse than when I see a man that has no authority in his prayer life. Listen, when you get dominion and authority, your kids will even listen to you. But if you have none, they won't. Listen, you need dominion and you get that by in the prayer room. You're going to have to do this this evening. God's going to break some things tonight. But I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to get angry. You're going to have to get mad. You're going to have to get aggressive. You're going to have to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to confront this spirit. I'm not going to allow this spirit to confront me anymore. I'm going to attack it before it attacks me. Do you hear what I'm saying? You've got to get excited for these things. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you tired of being weary? Apparently not, man. I, I don't know about you. I get tired of being, I don't like not having the victory. I want the victory. I want to come to church excited, wanting to do the things of God. But pastor, you can't do that all the time. Who said, why can't I be excited about the things of God? There's some of you, you get excited about a whole kind of weird things. Why can't I get excited about the things of God? I'll tell you, that's what God wants within you and his people. Amen. He wants you and I to be able to get excited and to love to come to church, to want to worship him. That's why we lift our hands. You know why I worship and lift my hands? Because it's embarrassing. But I do it. Because some of you can't even lift your hands, man, because, oh, what are people thinking? I, mean, I don't need to lift my hands to praise the Lord. Why not? What has he done for you? He's done everything for you. you all we could do is lift our hands. I love going and seeing a guy who was locked up for 20 years, tattoos, and, you know, pier and he used to have piercing. Hallelujah, he took him out. He has tattoos everywhere. And there he is, man, worshiping God. So what a powerful thing. Because that's what God does. He touches us. Amen? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. So I'm going to pray for people. I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to pray for some things.